Well, this is it. We've mic checked over on the WhatsApp platform, and I think we're getting a green light from the board. Not the most ideal broadcasting conditions, but we're gonna we're gonna go with it. We're gonna go with it. It's 2:09 p.m. ADO BST. Of course, that's ADO bus standard time. We're on the road, and we're looking out the window and seeing the last scenes of Puebloan life fly by as we head actually quite rapidly. I'm sitting right behind the driver, and I could tell him to slow it down just a bit. Um, we head rapidly to Veracruz, the state of Veracruz. Do I know what the state of Veracruz has to offer? Not at all. Am I excited to find out? I most certainly am. I most certainly am. And Veracruz was not even on our radar until we bumped into Micha, who is an arguably uh, not so trustworthy uh, advice giver, but I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I'm excited to see what Veracruz has to offer because I also met a girl from Veracruz just two nights ago up in the Puebloan town with the smoldering cornfields. And, you know, it, she complimented what Mitya had already told me, which was the Veracruz way of life is, is markedly different from here in central Mexico. Is it because it has Caribbean coast? Probably, probably, but it seems to be a hotter, more Caribbean sort of culture. And I even heard it in her accent. It was, it was really, it got me excited just hearing her voice and, and, and thinking, oh my God, is that, I closed my eyes. I closed my eyes and I listened to her speak. And then I just said, will Mita? You know? And I opened my eyes and she was, she was staring confusedly at my rapidly tearing, uh, my tearing eyes as I confused her for, for Wilmita. For Wilmita, no, it's, of course that didn't quite happen, but her, her accent did remind me of that sort of Caribbean coast accent. And you know who else has that accent? Of course, our, the one and only Wilmita, or Hilma, our ex-amor. Uh, or Amor Eterno. Amor Eterno or Ex Amor. You choose. You choose. Uh, we'll love to hear your thoughts. We'll upload the poll to our Instagram page shortly. Um, ex Amor or Amor Eterno. Uh, we've got so much to get into. We've got so much to get into. And let me pop open my show notes because I think we're going to start there. I think we're going to start there. And great broadcast from our sister station yesterday. Was it of impeccable audio quality? Not quite, not quite. Did we appreciate the fact that our sister station was out with Darcita walking uh, and, and doing what he does best, broadcasting in open air? Absolutely. And we could hear that open air quite clearly, quite clearly. And one of my favorite parts, we're just gonna skip down to our show notes, which you can check out on Instagram as well. They will be published, published? That's the thing. That's what people make fun of me. They make fun of me for saying published when I'm talking about social media. I don't think that that's normal in English. It is in Spanish, though, so fuck off. Um, one of our favorite parts of our sister station's broadcast was when he noticed that the wind was, was in those Bluetooth headphones. He could hear it himself, and he decided to switch over to the good classic phone-to-mouth. Right now, we're doing mic-to-mouth. Um, which is also good classic, and hopefully it's working well. Um, but when you switched over to phone-to-mouth, 
and the interlude. The interlude was great. Loved the interlude music, and then loved hearing before the interlude. Oh, it's windy, which I could confirm. The wind is in my Bluetooth headphones. Let me switch to mic to mouth, or phone to mouth. Interlude. And then as soon as you were back, I heard a tremendous amount of wind. <laughs> it wasn't a solution, but it was, it's okay. You know, it's okay because broadcasters have to broadcast and a broadcaster on the road, I mean, this is a travel podcast. Let's be serious. We're, we're searching for a lost and confused, but epically, uh, you know, epically well-traveled and elusive grandpa. We're going to have a lot of time on the road. And where am I right now? Well, I'll put you on with the, the bus driver here right in front of me. He'll tell you we're in carretera something. You know, we're on the road. We're on the road, and, and I think he's on his phone, too. So I'm tap him on the shoulder, right? Put that away. So I really do appreciate, uh, of course, broadcasting from the road. It's, uh, I've got a two-hour trip here, and I might, be on, I might be broadcasting for half of that. We'll see. Let me start from the top of our show notes. I'm in a red dress. E.T.'s Tinder date humor. I mean... First of all, you hit the dick on the head with, we don't want to be seen before we see. At the very least, we want it to be uh, a simultaneous sight. You know, I want to I want to lock eye contact with with VB as soon as she locks eye contact with me, and that did not happen. That did not happen up in Tlaxcala, and that's why I'm quickly fleeing from that that part of Mexico. And I am trying to also make a, a WhatsApp escape. I've had constant, basically, WhatsApp contact with, with Vic the Bloke since our date night and my, my lonely motel stay, uh, which I did get a free condom. I guess it was included in the price, that, that condom, but uh, not to be used with Vic the Bloke. Um, but it did not happen. I, she definitely saw me before I saw her. And, that's kind of to be expected down here. You know, I stand out quite a bit, especially in a place like Tlaxcala, you know, in the little, the little town in Puebla, you know, and probably where I'm going in Veracruz. I'm gonna be standing out quite a bit. There aren't a whole lot of uh, gringos con gafas, gringuito con gafas uh, around here. So, oh, I think they're playing a bachata right now. I've got my headphones in. I guess I don't need to have my headphones in because probably would help not to have my headphones in so I can hear how how loud I'm talking um so I took one headphone out so so yeah but loved hearing about I don't think I'd heard about that date with the Puerto Rican tinder girl she sounds she sounds cute sexy sensual um but the whole humor I mean there was a lot of humor in that situation there was a lot of humor in that situation I loved all of it I loved I loved hearing how you were in a red dress. I mean, I, I cracked up. I've definitely said I've had similar uh, humor, humoristic moments um, when meeting someone for the first time. And But the, the slapping condom, you know, just hearing that slap the floor as it made a, a very premature entry into, into your Tinder date. Oh man, that's good. That's so good. It's life is life always surprises us with such comedic moments, and it really is pretty amazing. 
it really is pretty amazing. There are ups and downs, of course, and we get into all of them on Searching for Grandpa, so stay tuned, but you have to appreciate these just naturally comedic moments that just surface in life, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, if I were to believe in God, I'd say he's probably a comedian. He's probably a comedian and a fucked up one at that, but... Um, so, really, just good stuff. And you noting the, the awkwardness of it, that's, you're right, that's not, it's not the worst reaction. It's not, and you can't expect to have the best reaction, you know. But I'm sure, I'm sure it was still funny, whatever you said. Oh, that was supposed to be for later. <laughs> you know, it's almost, it is, it is hard to come back from that. And, uh, but what a surprise that didn't end up seeing her again. And shout out to M, that cute and sultry Puerto Rican that uh, had the honor of meeting our sister station and maybe getting a peek behind the curtains a little too soon in on that Tinder date, but but I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well, Em. Glad to hear about your day with, with the fam yesterday and, you know, complete with delicious food and a, a beautiful place. And boy, what I would... What I wouldn't do for that, what I would do or what I wouldn't, I think it's what I wouldn't, right? What I wouldn't do for that Devon tour. And I am excited. I am excited for it one day. We'll see. We'll see when, when once we get a clue, uh, you know, once we get a piece of intel about Gramps potentially being up in, a, you know, I think Southern, at least Plymouth is in Southern England, but Devon, it's gotta be close, right? I know it's like an hour and a half or something. Correct me if I'm wrong, listener. What's the geography situation look like up there? Uh, but we are looking forward to, oh man, just the whole tour. Just the whole tour. And teaming up. I mean, I think that's where we'll finally get Gramps. Once both of us are on, on you know, in home territory, it's, we'll have the upper hand on this, on this old elusive mofo, finally. But, um... Yeah, just just uh, glad you glad you enjoyed some time. Although it was illegal, it was an illegal time that you enjoyed, uh, and I hope it'll be worth it once you're in the once you're in the clinker. Is that what it's called? The clink? The clink? It sounds kind of racist, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's what you call. It. I'm just trying to say I'm just trying to say jail here. So please, listeners, do not do not be offended. I'm just just trying to use the synonym for jail, but. Once you're there, wherever that, that non-racist place is, uh, I hope you can look back fondly on your time of, oh, well, you know, it was worth it, getting up to, to DST, to Brody, to hang out, to feel a little bit like you didn't, you're, you're kind of in the way. Uh, I, I felt that, I guess, um, but I don't think... I, I think you're uh, maybe looking too into it. Of course, you're naturally in the way almost all the time, just based purely on your size. Uh, you know, you're you're a big guy. You're gonna be in the way of mostly mostly anywhere you go. But I don't think any anyone in your family thought you were a surplus or chaff. You know, you're you're very much uh, you're wheat. You're not chaff. You're wheat. You're the best wheat around. You're whole 100% whole wheat, healthy and delicious and zero percent chaff and i'm sure your family 
if they were uh, farmers, they'd probably agree with that. But, you know, I've just, I've been spending time in the farm. I've been spending time in the fields and, uh, uh, now, can you blame me? I've, I've got, I've caught on a little bit to the terminology, so bear with me. Um, but yeah, thanks for, uh, you know, you, you did a, a, a great recap of my time in Tlaxcala, and it really was just so excellent. Although it did not have, it did not end with marina access, and unfortunately the marina, uh, the potential marina that was involved, um, regardless of Smile's prediction and whatever money she had on, on you know, a night of sex with her Puebla bookie, the marina in question did not end up fitting the, the requirements for this captain. It wasn't, it just wasn't an adequate marina for me to sail into. And it, it just didn't, it wouldn't have felt right. So I, I don't know if, if VB wanted to open up full, if she wanted to sign the contract right then and there in Tlaxcala in that bang motel. I don't think she did. I don't think she did. Uh, but she most certainly wants to uh, continue negotiating the contract and meeting up at the round table to, the, to, to work out all the details and she's been very explicit about it which I respect I on the other hand have not been very explicit at all that I am currently uh, on a bus traveling hundreds of kilometers away from where she is so I don't really know how to handle that situation. She's a very nice girl. She's a very, very nice girl. Um, and we had such a great time together. We did. Do I just tell her that I'm not interested in ever seeing her again? <laughs> well, that's, that's not even true. I mean, I just, I don't think I ever will see her again because I'm probably not gonna go to Tlaxcala. She's a busy girl. She's got a lot going on and I'm not gonna, you know, start a, a friendship um, with her and, and head to Tlaxcala to just hang out. And we already know that I don't really think that I, I want to continue negotiating the marine con the marina captain contract. I, I'm just not really interested. And it takes two to contract. So I don't know what to do with her. I don't want to hurt her feelings, but so I guess I should just tell her sooner rather than later because I mean, we've just, we just hung out once. You know, we just hung out once and we were talking a bit and she does think that I'm staying in Puebla for a long time and she definitely doesn't know that I'm uh, an FM broadcaster, world famous, and I'm an FM broadcaster on the road, literally broadcasting basically in the driver's seat of this bus. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they pull over this bus and they said, I'm sorry, sir, Mr. Driver, we saw that you were broadcasting. We, we, we actually tuned into you live and direct on Anchor FM. And that's illegal. You can't broadcast when you're driving. We see you in the driver's seat. I said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm one seat behind the driver. This is Julio's the driver, and he's doing a great job. Andale, andale. Uh, he's doing a great job, and I'm just here. Uh, I'm a secondary driver. I'm a sub. In case he needs help, I'll pop in. I'll put this broadcast on pause, and I'll pop in. He's waving. Is he waving to me? I think he's, he's, I think he is waving. He's appreciating something. I think he's appreciating that he has a, a world-class a world broadcaster right behind him and, and also a sub. I did drive yesterday. I drove myself back to Puebla yesterday from the town. We'll get into that later, but let's continue with our show notes. Pop them open here. Okay, the Tlaxcala Monument. Oh, man. There's, 
I'm just so glad that I came down here during the pandemic, right when all the, the silversmiths and, and all the people working with bronze were looking for work because I'm bringing the work with me. I mean, there's gonna be so many, there are gonna be busts, full statues, you name it, all over this place. Um, Puerto Escondido, Tlaxcala, uh, you know, we'll definitely get one going in, in Medellin, of course, of our sister station, but it's just, it's so nice just to, to be leaving a mark on these, these beautiful places and these, you know, the very people that have really left a mark on my heart are now going to get a beautiful, a beautiful uh, commemorative monument of me impacting their lives, their children's lives, their great granddaughter's lives. You know, this, this little girl is gonna grow up knowing that a world-class broadcaster threw a pumpkin seed directly into her little boquita, her little, little mouth, tiny little thing, and a, a decent, from a decent distance too. I have to say, I was probably 10 feet out. And it wasn't the first one I threw. I was first just throwing them at her without even really trying. I was trying, but just not expecting anything because it was just nuts. And it was probably the fifth one that landed right on her little lenguita, the little tongue there. And it was seeing her eyes light up. I know it'll be a, a moment that she remembers for the rest of her life. And maybe it'll impact her more than, you know, more than you think. Maybe she'll go into uh, the pumpkin industry. Maybe she'll um, become, you know, a, a huge Halloween sort of uh, aficionado or aficionada here. And um, maybe she'll, maybe she'll become an FM, an FM broadcaster. And what, how lovely it would be. How lovely it would be. It was, it was an honor to spend that time with her and her family and just have that experience. You're right, it was an incredible experience with, with Vic the Bloke and her, her blokish family. Um, it was really, really nice. And then the last few days, you know, as soon as I got back from Flux Call, I, I hit the road again too, and I had another amazing few days. And I'll get into it. Of course, that was my time in the, the village with smoldering cornfields, and we'll get into that uh, just a bit. But stay tuned. We're gonna continue with our show notes. Roadside bench. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means at all. The eagle-eared listener is also a show. What does roadside bench mean? A roadside bench. Oh, okay, I remember. That's a little bit more about our listener's broadcast from yesterday. It was, of course, nice to hear the natural sounds of, of Devin yesterday. Um, mostly the wind, which I probably would have clocked at maybe 20, 25 miles per hour. Very steady, strong wind. But it was also nice to hear the roadside bench and the, the cars pass by. Kind of felt like I was there on that scenic English highway bench. Really, really nice. The eagle-eared listener, that's a, our next show note, and it has to do with when our, our sister station recapped uh, the chain of events in Tlaxcala a little bit out of order. I think it was the pumpkin seed throw. He, he got ahead of himself, and the eagle-eared listener, uh, and we appreciate that they're out there. It's like, it's like an IRS audit. You know, we're doing our best here. There might be little mistakes here and there, and we're, we're happy to be held accountable. We're happy to be held accountable. So here's to you, eagle-eared listener. Continue listening. Stay tuned. We appreciate you. We need you. The split Spanish stream. Okay, this has to do with 
me peeing my pants before the Spanish exam. You, I think you asked for, for clarity about how that happened. And our listeners are probably confused because uh, the, split, the split stream event right before my important Spanish exam happened long before uh, Anchor FMA became a thing. And hopefully we will be on Spotify soon. So, so stay tuned, everybody. Hold your horses. We're, we're happy to hear you, have you here on Anchor. Uh, of course, we hope that that means that translates, uh, you know, automatic uploads to, to Spotify, but it might take some time. It might take some time, but once we're on Spotify, boom, we will be on Spotify. We're gonna have, what, eight, 10 episodes? It's, it's nuts, it's nuts. We're, and we're powerhouses. We're, we have content, we, we're unfiltered. We're unedited, you know, it's just producing the content, broadcasting, and directly uploading. Um, and so, you know, just just wait, just wait. By the end of March, we'll have 100, 100 episodes. So we're not going anywhere, and we hope you don't either, listener. But yes, the split stream event happened before my very important, very intense Spanish exam where I was basically coronated by the King of Spain as a fluent Spanish speaker, which our sister station so so eloquently uh, mentioned. It it happened, you know, it was it was the, the moment right before the exam where the the proctor, I think you'd call her, or the examiner, I'm not sure what they call her in any language. Um, she said, okay, well, we're about to get the exam started, so five minutes uh, to take, to, you know, for your last bathroom break. I said, bathroom break? We haven't even started. Uh, she said, yep, so if you guys want to go to the bathroom, now's the time. And I said, I'll squeeze one out. I'll squeeze one out, because it's a long exam. It's a long, intense exam. I want it to be as comfortable as possible. I head into the bathroom. Uh, I'm the first one in line, and there's a line forms behind me, so I, you know... I'm happy I hustled. We'll get into hustle a little bit later on to the show. Uh, opened the door and started to started to pee. Squeeze one out. And I noticed, I looked down about five seconds into my pee and I noticed that, oh my God, I had a split stream. And my split stream was going away from the toilet and straight down uh, to the right, basically, towards my shoe and I I lifted my shoe and I, I you know as I was trying to overcome the split stream which for all you female listeners out there this is something that happens to men and for all you men out there are you surprised that this is being talked about on on anchor FAM and in international famous prod podcast no probably not you know it's on un, unfiltered unedited content this is a live stream and the stream I had in that Spanish bathroom, it was very, very live as well. And it wasn't quite sure where it wanted to go. So I had one stream that was going towards my shoe. And I lifted up my shoe just in time and I thought, oh, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. Oh, I just dropped my Kindle. That's not good. I said, thank God I'm saved. And that I, uh, oh, it looks like we're making a stop here at the gas station. I think I'm gonna have to pause because now now it's kind of awkward. Wait one sec. We'll, we'll continue with the live stream in just a second. All right, we're going to continue just for now. Uh, we might be having uh, 
our live studio audience might be increasing by one. Right now I'm sitting, as I said, right behind the driver, but on my own. There's no one in the seat directly to my left. So that might change and it might change whether we're, we're gonna feel comfortable enough to broadcast or not. But let's get back to that, that live stream in the Spanish Institute's bathroom. Um, so I thought I narrowly avoided a, a, a disaster, uh, a shoe, a soaking wet shoe. Um, and I, I sighed a, a, a sigh of relief, a sigh, a sigh of relief. And then I looked down again and I saw, oh my God, I had another split stream that was going basically in a, a 180 degree angle from where you think the stream would go. It was going straight back to my pants. It was unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like it. It was a split stream that re-diverted my, my mainstream or a part of my stream just back to, my, to myself. And I was getting soaking wet with my own urine uh, right before the Spanish exam. And I'm not even sure really how I reacted. I remember, I, don't, I can't imagine I finished my, my piss I think I just stopped mid-piss and then went to the the sink and tried to, you know, wash a little bit of my khaki, my, my piss-drenched khaki pants, a little bit of soap, and then it was really obvious that my whole, my whole dick area of my pants was covered in piss or water. And remember that line was forming before I even got into the bathroom. So when I when I left the bathroom, that line was it was big. And I said, "Oh yeah, that there's well, careful with the sink. You know, careful with the sink. There's probably because I had to, you know, basically alert them to uh, this. This isn't actually piss. This is a problem with the sink. It could happen to you. It happened to me. It could happen to anybody. Be careful." And they probably thought, "What a nice guy." I, I, but I bet he probably just pissed his pants. You know, as soon as they didn't have a problem with the sink, they probably thought. They were, they were probably like cautiously, you know, flirting with the sink when they when they finished doing their business. They're like, oh, don't want that to happen, don't want to get splashed or something. And then they saw the very weak little, you know, water stream coming from the faucet and thought, that guy probably just pissed his pants. There's there's no way he got drenched with, a, with that amount of water, you know, because uh, of this sink. He probably just pissed his pants. He's pulling the one-two the one punch with the piss. So that's why I, uh, that was a story that I told to, to friends, new friends, old friends on the roof of the hostel. When they asked me about my Spanish exam, I said it went well, but it was a little uncomfortable. It was a little, a little bit uncomfortable because right before the exam started, I pissed my pants and, and they wanted to know how. And so I told them how it was a split stream situation. Um, the guys understood immediately how dangerous that can be. I, I put a, you know, I got back to that Spanish exam room and I had to put a sweatshirt covering my pants. And I was sitting right in front of the window too, which was open because of the COVID measures. And it was, it was November, it was late November. And so there was that cold wind coming in from this, this window that I was sitting right in front, oh, I love this song, sitting right in front of. And it was chilling my, my pissed soaked legs to the bone. I was so cold. Wait one sec. Uh, can you still hear me? I feel like they just... Are they trying to drown me out here? We're going to continue broadcasting, but there's a cumbia now playing that's uh, actually one of my favorite cumbias. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shazam it and let you know which, which cumbia it is so you can check it out for yourself. This is my favorite part. Que bello. 
de la Sonora. Um, so that was, you know, our 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 sister station requested a, a brief, a Spark Notes version of what happened in that Spanish Institute bathroom, and, and there it is. That's what happened. We were chilled to our bone, uh, you know, in that first part of the exam. The second part, when the, then it came to, you know, after the first part of the exam, after two, three hours, they said, okay, we're going to have another bathroom break. And I said, oh, no, not again. Uh, but I ended up just going and, and changing my pants. I luckily had a spare pair of pants in my, uh, in my bag. Not because the Spanish Institute recommended that you travel with a, oh, and make sure you bring, you know, a couple number two pencils, a pen, a spare pair of pants. No, it was because I just stayed it at our friend's, uh, Chris, Stanford Chris, um, his place the night before, and I was traveling with all my stuff, because I wasn't going to stay that place again, you know? E.T. the HSP. <laughs> this is E.T. the highly sensitive person. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah, that was one of our big uh, laugh-out-loud moments of, of yesterday's broadcast. Um, but there were a few. There really were a bunch. Just lying in bed after getting back from the little Pueblin town, um, listening, tuning in, and, and just laughing. So good. Mahat Ayemi. I don't know how to handle that. I don't know how to handle that. Of course, this is about uh, the AM station that is uh, AM broadcaster Mahat, Mahat Ayemi and how we of course are trying to figure out how we can make the popcorn palace a reality and we've introduced ourselves you know we've introduced the idea we've created a whatsapp group and and you know started the the communication and that's sort of two weeks later just gls good good lads or good looks i don't remember what it was but that is frustrating that is frustrating it's it's i don't know i mean we're talking about a month from now, aren't we? I need to figure out what every what, what the plan is too. You know, I've supposedly going to go to Yosemite in May, and suppose you know there's some things that are that are happening. And now that we're a month out, you know, I'm not a big planner, but this is something that we have to plan because I'm probably going to be traveling for this month, maybe going up north, and then I'm going to have to get back to southern Mexico to Puerto Escondido, or I'm going to have to get to, well, maybe you guys will, will figure out Mazatlan is kind of a dope area to do the Popcorn Palace. I'm not sure. But um, you need to figure out flights, which sound like they also could be a little tricky. We need to figure out the Popcorn Palace, and we're working with two-thirds of the team, and uh, it's, it is a little frustrating. It is a little frustrating and disheartening with this sort of lack of communication. And we know that Mahat is, is an incredible, incredible person, incredible broadcaster, uh, but communicator, not really. Not, not one of his strengths, not one of his strengths. So we'll have to figure out what we're gonna do with that. That about ends my show notes for regarding yesterday's show. I am missing some things too. There were other things that I wanted to touch on. I didn't have very extensive show notes yesterday. I was just so tired. But regardless, uh, we've got a lot to get into about our last few days. And that's what we'll start doing right now. So last last time you heard from me, I just, I was reporting in live and direct from, oh, this is Metallica? Uh, here we go. One, two, three. Uh, I wonder if you can hear that. Um, I hope you. I hope you can, but I hope it's just a little bit of background music, that enjoyable background music, not distracting. 
Um, so I, I was reporting live and direct from the cornfields of a little town in Puebla, Mexico, looking for Grandpa. I know how much he loves corn. I know how much, I mean, that's where I get my love of popcorn from. Um, and I know when he smells that sort of burnt popcorn smell, he loves that. He loves that. His favorite Jelly Belly, burnt popcorn. Um, and I knew that if there was burnt popcorn smell or burnt corn smell, there's a good chance that Grandpa's lurking in the behind some corn stalks, you know, sniffing and enjoying. So um, we had gotten up to, you know, that was our first day. That was our first day in this little town. And we ended up staying three nights, four nights, potentially three nights, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three nights, a long weekend. And I mean, spoiler alert, it was an amazing time. It was really uh, an incredible experience. And we thank our host family for their hospitality. And we did thank them yesterday explicitly, both with, you know, both verbally and with a written note um and it was just it was a beautiful thing it was a beautiful thing um but it was also eventful it was pretty eventful first just that first night i might know it's probably the second night because it was after we broadcasted the first day um one sec uh we're having some communication here i think this guy is asking i don't know if he wants to be a part of our live studio audience and uh, he's, he's communicating with the bus driver that maybe he doesn't want to be a part of the studio audience. So we might have to rotate him out, get someone up and take his seat because he's, he's right across from us, the aisle. Um, but so I don't know if I've set the scene really. Um, let me just talk about the family, my host family first. I had met Paco and Lily, brother and sister, Paco's 29, Lily's 17, uh, as they were, as we were all in San Cristobal. For the first time they had ever stayed at the hostel, they were in Chiapas visiting um, their mother's family. She's from Chiapas. And they also stayed a couple nights in San Cristobal in a hostel. I had met them there. And uh, very nice, kind of quiet, shy, giggly. Um, I told you, I, I probably already uh, did this quick review in one of our earlier episodes. Paco took us to the queer party, which we really enjoyed. Um, so, those are two of the eight siblings. Let's see, we have those two, we've got Martine, we've got the older one who's got the kids. Uh, no one really likes him, but his kids are absolute all-stars. Um, so that's four. Then we have, let's see, Samsung, kind of like the phone, like his name was like basically Samsung. That's five. And then we have the three girls, Barbie. She was the youngest, I think 14. Angie, who was uh, 16. Uh, no, Angie is like 15. And no, there must be one other, one other boy that I'm missing. I said Martine, I think I said Martine. Who's the other guy? I don't know, someone. Um, and what a family they are. They're just such, uh, you know, the mom, Doña Olivia, she has a little store. 
uh, of course, just out of their house. And they, she sells fruits and veggies. Um, she also sells some food. The dad, Rodrigo, or Rigo, so his friends, Don Rigo, he has a mechanic shop. He has a, uh, a photo, sort of, he does pictures for events. And they're a very humble, modest family, but using their words, very modest, humble, you know, they don't have a lot, but at least they have enough to eat. And, uh, and they have, you know, love, a loving family. And, um, oh, did that count Paco? Yeah, I don't know, I'm missing, I'm missing one of the eight. And um, they also charge 10 pesos for old school announcements. They have these big megaphones on top of their house. And like the tamale guy will go to them and say, tell them that, I've, you know, tell the town I've got tamales on the corner of yada, yada, yada. And they will play a little song and then say, atención. And then they'll, they'll read the ad four times put the song on and then they'll read the ad twice more and for that they get 10 pesos just 25 cents and um really old school marketing i mean old school advertising it's really this is like the mecca this is like the mecca i think this is where everyone should come anyone who wants to get into marketing and advertising they should come here and see how it all started and how it continues and it's effective it's effective so i myself was an announcer of one of those advertisements two of them i think i had the the chicken, no, I, I got, I think I did the pizza one and the tamale one, which were two of my favorites. Um, and we, 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 have, we do have V content, which we'll send over to our sister station. Uh, unfortunately, it's not gonna be on Instagram because it's, it's not quite as anonymous as, as we would like. It does show this, this broadcaster's face, but um, uh, we, will, we will send that to our sister station with other, with other V content. You know, I had showed my friend Eli is one of my, you know, one of my best friends is a musician, Eli, and he's on Spotify. Check him out. And I just showed him that. And the next advertisement started with Eli's song, just blaring for this whole community. And we do have the content of that too, which we'll pass over to our sister station. And potentially that can go on our Instagram because it's a fire video and it is still anonymous in terms of my identity, which is important because, you know, we're, as we said, this is a Dear Diaries sort of situation. Uh, we don't want anyone really connecting our faces to our diaries. You know, we're trying to strive to be basically the QAnon, uh, a, a less harmful QAnon. Just who are these people? They're so influential, they're so important. They've changed society, the way we live, for the better, which is, you know, where we stray from QAnon. But who are they? Who are they? Where are they? Well, that we know. That we usually know. Um, but who are they? And we don't want to be dogs either. So maybe we should, you know, maybe we should figure out how to protect our identities just a little bit better. I don't know if there's a software for that nap. Should we have like a voice distortion? This is, this is. <laughs> Thanks for staying good. Um, so. So this, that's, that's the quick rundown of this family. Um, you know, they live, everyone helps out in the store. And I'd say one of the main traits that connects this family, uh, especially the kids, it's a, it's a family trait, you can see it. And I, 
I immediately picked up on it after years of playing Little League Baseball. It's that they were a bunch of hustlers. It's unbelievable. Everywhere they went, they were running. You know, hey, you know, Paco, can you get me a tomato? Boom, he's running. He's running to the other room to get a tomato. Hey, Angie, uh, can you turn the music down? Boom, she's running to turn the music down. It was unbelievable. It was, it, and that's why, that's prob probably why they were the preferred store in town. I mean, the hustle was just unbelievable. I, I said a couple times, good hustle. Barbie, good hustle. And she said, como, Monday. I said, good hustle. Monday, good hustle. Monday. Um, which was, of course, it, it, she never quite understood what I was saying, but um, just a bunch of hustlers. Excellent stuff. So I have to tell you, one of the, the main thing that I did in this little town in Puebla was eat. And it was all just Doña Olivia's. I mean, she sells this food, but she was just putting it in front of me, free of charge, just three or four meals a day. Probably four, more four meals a day. Yesterday, I had, I definitely had four meals a day, and I left there at like, well, actually, I ended up leaving at seven. Might have been five meals a day, but just at all times, just grabbing fruit from her, her, her stock, and just, here, Alex, have an orange. Here, Alex, uh, I made you a sandwich. Here, Alex, and, and it was just, and she was just, and I, I have to re, I have to affirm the controversial statement from last broadcast, and I think it was top five, but I can firmly place her in top five moms of all time. And don't worry, your mom's in there. It's my mom, it's Greg's mom, it's your mom, it's another mom, and it's it's her. I mean, those are the the four that come to mind, and she's just such an unbelievable. She's she's almost like she's like Mama Jode, you know, from Grapes of Wrath. She is the quintessential matriarch of making this family of 10 people and much more actually because those it's that's just the siblings you know they also she has two grand three grandchildren now was running around her daughter-in-laws i mean there are tons of cousins and i just know that she is the glue the cement everything everything that holds this family together it's donia olivia and she is just such a beam of light that it, it's really amazing how strong and incredible this woman is. And she's a very, you know, we had these amazing talks together, especially yesterday. Um, she told me a, a lot about her life and, you know, how she grew up in Chiapas and she was an orphan, you know, starting from, and shout out to our, our, our sister station's mother, mothership or fathership here a similar story of someone overcoming just such incredible uh, adversity from a young age um, she was an orphan from a, a very young age and you know had to work immediately from you know eight years old on and she now has a family of, of ten siblings and you know they're all going to the university and and it's they don't have a lot but they have enough and it's really I can say it must be just from what I the little I saw it must be 95% because of her um, just such an incredible person and she was you know she's just a riot she's so funny she's so smart she's so with it she's sharp she's sharp and she's uh, the life of this family you know they sit around and when she speaks everyone listens i mean the little granddaughters one year old and three and 
you know, a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and a six-year-old. Uh, Ellie, Miguelito, and Sofia. Um, some of my favorites as well. They, they listen to her. They, they respect her. They know. They sense it. And it was amazing. It was an amazing thing to, to spend time with her. That was really the highlight of these last days in, in Puebla. But um, a couple, a couple not so great things happened too. And one of them was that first night after my broadcast, second night I guess. It was when I was eating. I think it was a chicharrón preparado, which is like basically a big cracker with a bunch of salad sort of items on it. Also very good, prepared from by Doña Olivia herself. Um, heard this huge, like this crazy loud sound from right outside and all the dogs, and there were also, there were seven dogs by the way too. Uh, let's see if I can, there was Cholita, Qual, which was my favorite because his name was Qual, so you could always say, Qual eres tu? And the kids would just say, oh no, his name's Qual, because you're saying like, oh, which one's, uh, Qual es este? Like, which dog is this? Don't be a qual. See, eso es lo que estoy diciendo. That's what I'm saying. Qual es este? It's, it's a name that lends itself for jokes. Uh, so, Cholita, Qual, Lobo, which is my favorite, uh, Gloucester, uh, Violeta. There was another one that I never really understood what his connection to the family was. And then there was Esno, and he was a little puppy, a little white puppy. Seven dogs. Eight children, seven dogs. And Doña Olivia just holding it all together. But... So all the dogs ran in very suddenly and scared and it sounded like there was a huge crash in front of the house and in fact there was and it was a, a cyclist who I mean we ran out to see what happened and it was this guy just in the middle of the street face down motionless and seemingly dead it was very scary and then he started kind of convulsing so at least he was alive, but he was convulsing. So I, you know, wasn't that much of an improvement. And uh, it was, he must have been going so fast because this, this, the sound of this crash was was horrifying. And uh, we called an ambulance. The police came. The police started investigating. Um, the guy was, you know, at, at five minutes or so later, he came to. He was kind of conscious, but not with it. It was all a lot of excitement. You know, you try to escape the Puebla excitement to a little town, but the, it seems like the excitement just follows me everywhere I go. So what will be the excitement in Veracruz? Stay tuned to find out. Um, so this this was a big crash. The whole town came out. The president was there. Just so happened to be there uh, at the time of the crash, which, you know, I'm no Tommy Marvelous. I'm not a conspiracy theorist myself, but what? how was the president there before the crash happened? Was he involved? Did he want this guy to crash? One less, one less mouth to feed in the town? I don't know. I don't know, but it was sketchy. And uh, the ambulance finally got there. And luckily, like, his, this guy's wife got there, too. I was always, it just seemed, it was upsetting that no one was, no family member was there. But luckily, a, a wife, a wife, the wife was notified and, and got there. And, um, is this Losing My Religion? Oh, such a good song, man. This guy's cranking the tunes. Not only a good bus driver, but an excellent DJ. Um, so the wife was notified, and we heard. You know, we we kept the bike in the store. We because I did I did work a bit. I did work a bit in the store. Um, I sold some people limes and stuff like that. Uh, helped helped out a bit. Not as much as I would as I should have, to be honest. But I did help out a bit. And so we kept the bike in the store. And the next day, when the a guy went for it, his brother he said that yeah, he's got some coagulas or I don't know how to say that in English. 
in his on his head, but he should be okay. So that's I guess that's somewhat good news. I don't know. I don't really know if coagulus are good news or bad news to be honest, but news nonetheless. So that was an exciting night, and then after that, we decided to go back to uh, or that night we watched a movie. We watched a movie. There, this family has two little houses. Oh man, this is, I think this is the highest mountain in Mexico that we're going right towards because I'm going to Orizaba in Veracruz and El Pico de Orizaba is definitely the, it's the highest mountain in Mexico. So we're going to check that out. I think we're checking it out right now. Um, so this family has two little houses because there's just so many people and very humble houses, just, you know, normal sort of Mexican houses. And I was staying in the house with uh, away from the, the store. So every night we would go to that house. There's no internet and anything, but uh, Paco had downloaded the movie Us, which is a Jordan Peele movie. You may remember Jordan Peele from Key and Peele and also, of course, from Get Out. And this movie was excellent. It was excellent. It was horrifying, but excellent. Really enjoyed it. Check it out, listeners, if you haven't. Us by Jordan Peele, the Jordan Peele movie. Really good. So really enjoyed watching that. Um, and then went to sleep. The next day we went to, what did we do the next day? I mean, my, my normal day consisted of, we would wake up, we would go to, I mean, everyone in the second house would spend their whole day at the first house. The first house is where the store was. So we would all get up, go to the house, and you know, I would usually play with the dogs for an hour or two. I'd play with the children for five or six minutes. No, I play with the, the kids a lot. Sophia, Miguelito, uh, Ellie was she was a little too young to play, but she would tag along sometimes. But I mean, Sophia, just this this beautiful six-year-old girl, so smart, so funny. Um, reminded me a lot of, of little Julieta, my ex-amor's daughter, youngest. Just an incredibly smart, sharp, fun, and kind girl, and it. You know, I did have a couple moments where I thought, ah, I really, I, I don't want to think. It's so hard for me to think that this girl will not have the same opportunities that I've had in my life. I, it's hard for me to think that it's very unlikely that this girl gets to travel and see the world and to, to do whatever she wants and to, to go out and feel free and, and uh you know, feel worthy of enjoying this, this life. And, you know, I, I, you know, I can't help but think of, you know, when she's 10 years from now, there might be some older dudes that start coming around and, and telling her things and trying to take advantage of her. There are just so many dangers. And it's, you know, whenever I have these experiences and I, I have this close contact, especially with children, it really, and little girls, it really makes me think I need to I need to get to work. I need to get to work and I need to do something that will make the world a little bit safer for for these these girls and make it a little bit more likely that they'll be able to experience and have the same opportunities that I've had and um, be a little less at risk for so many things. So I, I thought I thought that a decent amount when I was hang out with Sophia. She's just the cutest, man. She's just the cutest. She would call me Tio. Tio, Tio, Tio. Um, she would also use my first name, but I'm not even getting into my first name right now. Um, but it was 
I mean, I have some V content too, and I'll send them. I'll send it over. Another great song. Uh, I'll send over the V content, but we would play. I mean, one of the games she wanted to play was I was, I was, the the baby. She was the mom. Miguelito, who's three years old, he was the dad. But he didn't really get the message, so he was just still a lion, and he was growling the whole time and trying to attack us. And so, Sophia said, "Okay, you know what? Forget about your old dad. Uh, we need to get away from him. Let's go to Australia." I said, "Where's Australia?" She said, it's "In Cholula, which is like the, the closest, basically the closest town to where where they lived." Um, she said, "Yeah, we gotta run to we gotta run to Australia because he's." And then I said, "Well, why don't you try to talk to him?" And she's like, "Cariño," and she like she can't say her R's too. Another thing that reminded me of Julieta. So she just turned to this roaring three-year-old boy and said, "Honey, honey, what what's happened to you? What's happened to you? If you don't if you don't calm down, we're gonna have to run out." We're done. We're going. To, we're going to Australia. Um, it was just so fun playing with them. So that was a part of my daily routine. Uh, and then, yeah, two days ago we went to the volcanoes. We took the the suburban. Everyone piled in, and the family seemed very used to having two or three of them in the in the trunk, you know, giggling. And Samsung drove us to uh, to the volcanoes, and we got as close as we could. We couldn't get too close because. Uh, you know they're volcanoes, of course, and also because the, the park is closed because of the pandemic. I guess it's more a pandemic issue than the fact that they're both active volcanoes, but we got kind of close. It was a little cloudy, couldn't get a, a great view, but we'll send over V content from that as well. It was excellent. But the highlight really was just spending time with the family, and especially the matriarch, Doña Olivia. And um, yesterday we started talking, you know, I told them about the Amazon, and I showed them pictures, and they said, you know, it'd be really cool to be able to do something like that here. And it would be really cool to, to show people, you know, to, to have people come here and try all the all the food that you've tried. I mean, they, she made this out-of-season dish, chiles and nogada, which is, you know, you can't make it. You can't make it, but she somehow did. She managed to make it. She had some frozen nuts that she needed, and, and she, she made me a chile and nogada, which is, you know, the specialty there, the typical dish of that town and Puebla and she made sure to make it for me and like five of the other things yesterday oh we have you haven't tried this you haven't tried this I literally just ate yesterday and talked to them and you know she said it would be it would be so it, it would be really a pleasure for them to you know they they thanked me a lot for my visit and they seemed to really appreciate my company and um I told them how much it meant to me that they had had hosted me and how amazing an experience it was because it really ranks up there in the top the top two in Mexico. It was, I mean, it was it was it was an amazing experience. It's 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 right at the top, right at the top, meeting this family and um, and immerse. You know, it's what I it's what I wanted. I couldn't have had that experience with DB and DB. I'm sorry, I we couldn't have had that experience together. But smash that like button, that subscribe button. Um, there's some cows down there. Am I still broadcasting? Let me, there's, I hear a heads up. The maximum recording time for segments is 60 minutes. Keep an eye on the clock. Oh, wow. Okay, so we're getting to our limit. Uh, but, okay, it's making a weird noise in my headphones now because I'm, I'm, I'm closing in on the 60-minute mark. Unbelievable. But they started asking me if I could help them, you know, you know, just casually. You know, it'd be cool if, if, if people found out that we, you know, make this food here. It would be cool for, for tourists to come up here and, and share that time with us and 
you know, we could use some help during the, the corn harvest or planting. And, you know, would people be interested in that? Absolutely. And I 100% guarantee they would be. A very similar thing to what, what we did with Koya, but with this incredible family in, in the, this town in Puebla. Um, so that was the day. Yesterday, I, um, I made a little note and Sophia helped me. She, you know, she drew a couple of unicorns and dinosaurs. I made a little note and I left a, a 500 peso bill in there and I hid it. And I told Sophia, I mean, she's, she's the smartest. She's the sharpest tool in the shed by far. And um, I told her, you need to give this to your grandma after I leave. And she did. And I got a, a voice message from, from Paco yesterday. Um, I, it, was, it was very touching. I'll send it over to our sister station as well. But uh, Doña Olivia thanking me and, and, you know, mostly praying for me. They're a very religious family as well, which we respect. But um, just, just an unbelievable time, a really unbelievable time. And now, and then last night we drove down, I drove down to Puebla with a couple people in the trunk as well. Um, and there were some other things I definitely wanted to mention about my time in, in the, the little town. There were some eventful things that happened, but I can't quite put my finger on it. And regardless, we're getting to our, our anchor limit, which we didn't know existed. Um, but it was, it was very special. I drove back down to Puebla, gave everyone a hug. Paco gave me a little keychain, and you know he texted me last night a bunch about you know how much you know I'm a part of the family, and you know I, they hope to see me again, and and all this stuff. And I really do hope to see them again. I might I might go back there relatively soon, even because that's that's the sort of experience that you know. And they also invited me to help out with the the fair when they do the Chile fair in August or September, and to come down and help out for that, which I will I will do that, and I'll bring people too. And I I really. I mean, I'm thinking that when you come, you should come to this place. No, I don't. I, I didn't really think about it before, but we should think about it. We should think about it because it's just it's that special. So, um, and delicious. All the food is delicious. So, uh, you know, I definitely have a, a soft spot in my heart for these people, and I'll be sending over lots of e content. We took a lot of pictures. I took pictures with every member of the family, every sort of combination. Okay, the girls. Okay, now two guys and two girls. Okay, now the the kids. Okay, now the parents okay now with hats sombreros um and i really i really will cherish those pictures because they're you know it was such an amazing time so that's it that's it we're we're gonna continue on the road here to 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 veracruz we've probably crossed the border i'm up in this high mountain road right now the temperatures dropped like 20 degrees and it's pretty beautiful the sights that i've got but i'm glad we got a broadcast in and interestingly enough there's a limit. There's an hour limit on on Acre, so we will close this one out. And we're looking to hear from our sister station soon. We're hoping that it hasn't been too stressful of a day, uh, and we're hoping that uh, everything's going well over on the other side of the pond. Please stay tuned.